Hello and welcome to the Van Foodster Podcast. I am your host, Richard Wallach, covering the food scene in and around the Vancouver area, across Canada, and beyond. This is episode 50 of the Van Food Soup Podcast. In this week's episode, I feature a couple of incredible people, both in the chef's industry, who are passionate and creative in what they do. I'll be talking about the Tasting Plate series of events. Next, I will be talking about my blog, Vancouver Foodster, celebrating 12 years this week, 12th anniversary, and doing a special tasting tour in downtown Vancouver on August 21st. I will feature my interview with Chef Johnny Bridge, I will talk about some upcoming food and drink challenges. And lastly, I will feature my interview with Chef Perinha Lobson. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Van Foodster, as well as visit VancouverFoodster.com for everything food in Vancouver and beyond. I've just celebrated the first anniversary of the Van Foodster podcast, actually a couple weeks ago. Uh, the podcast, the Van Foodster podcast, was born during the pandemic, and it continues and we hope the pandemic does end soon, but uh, we are continuing on. It is uh, 50, can't believe it's been 50 shows. It's the 50th show in the Van Foodster podcast. And starting off this week and talking about a couple of Tasting Plates events. Uh, so I had a Tasting Plates series of events happening pre-COVID. It went on since uh, 2011, and we were offering tours all over Greater Vancouver, um, different neighborhoods and such. Throughout, stopped it during the pandemic, and we are just returning now. So the first uh, Tasting Plates event will be held on August 22nd in the afternoon. Uh, Tasting Plates Langley. This is the first time we're doing Langley. Very happy to add Langley um, onto the uh, Tasting Plates tours. First time for Langley. Downtown Langley. It's going to be a very easy walkable tour for everybody. You don't have to drive. You don't have to transit. A very easy walk through downtown Langley. We've got Banchok G Thai. It's a winning Thai restaurant. They've won several of our Vancouver Foodster challenges over the years. So very happy to have them in there. Also, Food by Fantas, they're one of their newest restaurants uh, and that is owned by uh, Perennia Lobson and she is being interviewed this week. So you'll hear her upcoming later on in this episode. I also have Kuban Cafe. They're a fairly new cafe to downtown uh, Langley, uh, especially in cupcakes and all sorts of baked goodies. And we'll have a couple more other restaurants joining in. So that will be on August 22nd, it's a Sunday afternoon uh, from 1.30 to 5.30, downtown Langley. And you can get tickets now through on sale through um, tastingplatesyvr.com. So go to tastingplatesyvr.com and you can get tickets for the Tasting Plates Langley event on August 22nd. The next uh, one in the series of Tasting Plates will be on September 8th. That's a Wednesday night in downtown Vancouver in the West End. So Tasting Place West End. September 8th at 6 to 10 p.m. We've got Cafe Portrait. We've got Davy Dosa Company, J&G Fried Chicken, Trees Cheesecake and Organic Coffee, and we'll have another one or two more restaurants there. So tastingplatesyvr.com for tickets. And as I just mentioned, it is the 12th anniversary of my Vancouver Foodster blog. I started it in 2009 uh, this week, July, I think it was July 27, 28. That's when it sort of kicked off. 
and had planned it up for a little while. And wow, I've done so much in this whole in this 12 years, I can't believe it. But I've met so many great people. And it's all about people. It's all about the industry, uh, supporting the restaurant industry, supporting the chef industry, uh, supporting all the farmers and everybody else who is involved in the restaurant industry locally. Uh, a lot has happened in the past 12 years. I think a lot has happened in the past year and a half, but that's a, a different kind of story. Uh, so starting it off, you know, I had this idea that I wanted to support all these restaurants and that's my goal still today, like support the restaurants because without the restaurants, we have nothing to eat and it wouldn't be a vibrant Vancouver food culture if, if we hadn't um, supported the restaurants. And this is a real tough time now for restaurants because yes, they have the pandemic to deal with and that's one thing. But the other problem is right now is there are no staff, huge staff shortage throughout the greater Vancouver area. It's actually not even Vancouver, it's across the country, but a huge staff shortage in Okanagan that's been really hurting. Everybody telling me, I'm hearing this from the Vancouver Island, Sunshine Coast, Whistler, everybody's going through this right now. And it's like, and even restaurants that are not new, I mean, restaurants that have been around for 20, 15, 20 years are having the same issues. Uh, so, you know, pandemic, a lot of people were laid off and then people went on EI and the government's still paying out. So that's one issue. And then I guess what's happening in the industry, and I talked to a chef about this last week, is that they estimate 45% of the chefs or cooks in the restaurant industry has left the industry during the pandemic and gone on to other careers. They've just gone on to other kinds of jobs in construction, call center, all sorts of different kinds of jobs, and they've exited the industry. So now all these restaurants and bakeries are left sort of stuck. You know, you, you need staff to do, be able to produce things, and you don't have enough staff that's going to affect customer service, and then that's going to affect the bottom line. So everyone's really, really concerned right now, and uh, hopefully in the next couple months, um, they find a way to get people um, back into those restaurant jobs and uh, bakery jobs, etc. So anyways, Vancouver Fisher blog, it's been 12 years. Uh, lots of cool stories on my blog right now. You can check out a couple uh, uh, different things on uh, some recent Honda cars I had recently, checking out some uh, restaurants outside of the city up in Squamish, um, Okanagan, uh, and around Vancouver. So uh, lots to check out. So um, I am doing a tasting tour uh, to celebrate the 12th anniversary of Vancouver Foodster, a uh, tasting tour downtown Vancouver. It's kind of where it all started for me anyway. Uh, downtown Vancouver, we've got, uh, it's going to be on Saturday afternoon, August 21st from 1 to 5 p.m. We have Shway Italian Bakery Cafe, La Loteria, New Mexican Street Food Restaurant downtown, Firecrest Custom Salads and Pizza, we've got Passion Gelato, we'll have a couple more. For tickets for that event, though, you have to go through Eventbrite. So just look through uh, Eventbrite for Vancouver Foodster 12th Anniversary Tasting Tour. Also go to VancouverFoodster.com uh, for the information for that event. Uh, so uh, Johnny Bridge is a chef. Uh, I've known him for a long time. I actually knew him before he even became a professional chef, so it's been a long time now. Uh, he currently is in a, a few different roles. He works at UBC, uh, head of residence, um, uh, um, cooking, so he's cooking for all the residents, the, all the kids, the international students that are living in residence, uh, which is a lot of them at UBC. So he's in this role where he's overseeing um, all the cooking for all the different residences at UBC campus. He's also sous chef at UBC, uh, running other programs there. Um, he wears other hats as he has a catering uh, company on the side. He's doing catering on the Sunshine Coast. He's involved in multiple projects, including the Chef's Table Society of BC. He has a lot going on. He's a fisherman. He's he 
He's out on the water all the time. Um, he, he really knows. He's got a really good pulse on what's going on with it, with his um, fellow chefs in the industry. And he, he'll tell it as it is, which is great for you to hear on what's going on in the restaurant industry, how what can be improved. Um, and there's a lot of great information there. So have a listen to Chef Johnny Bridge when this the last time I had to interview you was eight years ago. And <laughs> yeah, eight years ago, long time. As years yeah. go by, chefs often move around. Can you tell me what you are doing currently in your chef capacity? Oh man, the many things, the many things. Well, my, uh, my nine to five of sorts is working for the University of British Columbia. Um, I have a phenomenal role out there working in their residence portfolio, um, which in layman's terms is feeding students, uh, predominantly first year students who live in residence. Um, that seems to be one of our busiest uh, areas on campus. So um, between three large facilities, we feed you know, thousands, if not tens of thousands of students every day in a regular scenario. We have to kind of go back to 2019 to, to look at what a regular scenario is. Um, outside of that, um, I do a lot of privatized catering, um, a small amount of consulting. Um, currently, I'm working on a large project with uh, with two lovely gals on the Sunshine Coast. We've been offering a catering service that will be fully up and running next year. Um, the two girls have a small catering business called the Nomadic Kitchen. Um, and the three of us will be getting together for a very cool project um, that opens its doors in, in 2022 summer. Okay. What excites you when you read a menu at restaurants you dine at? Oh man, I think that I think that there's there's always those little nuggets of information hidden on menus that are are kind of like like cooks porn, you know, like some restaurants have more of it, some some less. Um, last night I had uh, uh, the the pleasure of having a meal with my wife at at Maynam, uh, you know, Angus Ant's restaurant on on Fourth Avenue. Um, and it's interesting that she was kind of half making fun of me, half pointing something out where she like scaled down the menu and she pointed at crispy pork jowl hidden in the description of an eggplant dish. And she's like, ah, you know, like, that's what you like. I think that there's, that there's items that you know, um, that are, you know, are a labor of love. Things that take a lot of process. They take um, real care and concern to produce, but are at the end of the day, just a small portion of a dish. When I see that, I know that there's been a lot of a lot of like love and care put into those dishes. And that's usually what I go for. Some restaurants, like, do you remember Campagnolo upstairs um, used to have a menu basically consisting of nothing but those kind of cooks, cooks, porn things where you work went into that. I'll, I'll take the whole menu. <laughs> right. Uh, what is it your favorite cuisine to eat personally? Oh, that's, a, that's a broad question, Richard. Um, I don't know. I, I think that um, what I eat at home and what I eat out are, are, are complete polar opposites. Um, but like tried and true for the past couple of years, I think my, my biggest bang for buck is just going out for sushi in Vancouver. And, and my choice there would be going to Tamaki in, in Kitsilano to go see Chef Hillary. He's a, he's a fantastic chef. Okay. Uh, have you always had an interest in cooking? uh i mean yes and no uh it's a double-edged sword i've definitely been interested in it since i was a child um uh, i had the, the pleasure of growing up in a family that that loved food and you know loved to cook um the most uninterested i've been in cooking is when i started doing it professionally at a young age when i was about 16 and i started working in restaurants 
all of a sudden I decided that I didn't want to do that. And uh, fortunately, I had a patient mother who kind of was like, no, I think you're really enjoying this. Um, I pushed back really hard that I didn't like the, I didn't like the job. I didn't want to keep doing it. Um, but here we are, you know, 18 years later. Uh, yeah, so it carried through really well. What challenges you as a chef? Ooh, game, big, broad questions there. Challenges me as a chef. I think one of the biggest challenges for myself and probably for the whole industry is the culture that we're up against. Um, having grown up, you know, doing a bit of time and, uh, you know, in, in other countries, realizing that the, the toxicity that's in our, in our kitchens um, is really deep rooted. And this culture uh, has been uh, really difficult to shift, getting rid of um, aggressive behaviors in the kitchen, uh, being inclusive with our staff, um, generally just being kind to our staff uh, is, has, has been a major hurdle. I think that right now during this recovery from pa pandemic um, is, the, is the shining light moment for us to kind of reset, you know, pull the cord out of the wall and plug it back in and, and start everything over again. Get all, get all those old programs that weren't working for us, just shut down and out. Um, no longer welcome in our kitchens. Um, the challenge has been change. People, people don't like change. Things like the brigade system, tipping, um, you know, day wages. These are these are big debates. Um, you know, if not that, then what? If we're not going to be operating a tipping system, how are we going to be operating? If we're not going to be fully committed to the brigade system, like what else do we do in kitchens? And you know, day wages isn't really much of a uh, a debate for me. That's just. That's just not acceptable. You just can't underpay cooks like that. But those things are major challenges. It's obvious that many chefs and cooks have burnt out of, of the industry since COVID shut things down. What do you think it will take to get chefs back into the industry working in the kitchens? Oh, Richard, what would it take to get them back? Um, paying them properly, compensating them properly. Let's just like full stop that. Um, any industry could be, you know, the same could be said for any industry. If you're not paying people properly, um, they can't sustain that life. Uh, unfortunately, we have really uh, sensationalized uh, the, the busyness or the, uh, like the superhero thing in the kitchen. Like, oh, like I worked 98 hours this week, like go me, uh, you know, for less than 10 bucks an hour. Like, oh, I'm so hardcore. Um, that just, that just needs to go because that's what burns cooks out. I've been, you know, I've, I've been working in fine dining restaurants before where you just, you wake up nine months later and you're just like, you're exhausted. You're a shell, you know, you've been pouring everything into it. Um, and you realize you just, you just can't do it anymore. Um, if we continue down that road, we're not going to be able to sustain our industry. And, and my, my phone has been ringing off the hook for the past three weeks for people being like, Oh, Hey, do you know anybody? Hey, we're, we're having some staffing problems. Hey, we're going through this. Am I, you know, in my job with UBC, we're doing hiring right now and seeing a really, really different market than we've seen before with, with people coming in for jobs. Um, so I think that, you know, I said full stop, but that, that's it. You pay people properly, compensate them, look at maybe, you know, benefits in their lives, long-term plans, I don't know, pensions, things like that. That'll get people back. Okay. On your Instagram profile at Johnny's Knife for Hire, it says forests <laughs> and campfire food. Can you elaborate on this for our listeners? 
Yeah, I mean, maybe that's that's where my heart is. Um, our catering business on the Sunshine Coast uh, is based off of, you know, those epic sunsets with a fire on the beach and a salmon splayed out on a piece of cedar. Um, that's, that's, that's where my heart is. That's what I really enjoy cooking, you know, diving for oysters, or diving for crab, diving for uni, coming back up, bringing that off to a client and presenting it on the beach and fully, fully kind of honoring the product that we're pulling out of the water or, or out of the woods, whatever it is for foraging or hunting or for fishing. Um, I think that that's just a small homage to, you know, what I really enjoy to do. It's just so perfect that it's turned out to be something that I can do for a living. Um, but uh, I think that, yeah, it's just an ambush, like what I really enjoy to cook. I know you like to spend a lot of time on the Sunshine Coast. What are some of your restaurant favorites? <laughs> uh, I mean, if you go to the Sunshine Coast and you don't stop at Smitty's Oyster Bar, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. But there's also a couple of restaurants that deserve some huge accolades. There's um, Buono, which is a which is a new Italian restaurant that's also right on the same strip in Gibson's. Um, yeah, huge respect to to Mike Buono down there doing amazing things um, that you wouldn't have seen eight years ago in Gibson's. You wouldn't have seen that. I wouldn't you know I wouldn't have even known if there was a market for it. Um, he's got a wood burning pizza oven. He's hand rolling and extruding pasta every day, you know, making other breads, great cocktail, great wine. Um, there's Nagomi Sushi, uh, which is also just a complete little golden nugget of, of seafood up there hidden away. Um, those are those are phenomenal places. Uh, and I think maybe lastly, the uh, the Gumboot Cafe, which is a, an institution in Roberts Creek. It's been there for God knows how long. Um, and braved through many storms. Um, they have both a cafe and a restaurant and then a, a big kind of amphitheater garden. Um, and uh, I highly recommend stopping by both the cafe there and, and the restaurant. Um, I do certainly when I go up all the time. And um, yeah, they're all, they're, those are all really good businesses as well who are really respectful to the land up on the Sunshine Coast. What type of impact do you think COVID will have on the mental health of chefs in the restaurant industry going forward? Oh, I'm so glad you, you brought up mental health. Um, we don't know what it's going to happen in the long terms. Uh, I think that there's, I think that there's a lot more burnout going on than we know. Um, it's going to be so interesting to fire all the big engines back up again. You can imagine a lot of cooks who have been gifted this time off. I say gifted. You know, it may be difficult for many people, but that's me trying to put a silver lining on it, but who have been kind of sitting in their own thoughts for a long time um, and who have finally managed to step away from overworking themselves, putting them back into those scenarios is going to cause a lot of breakdown as well. Um, I am lucky enough to be involved with an organization called Mind the Bar, uh, which is a mental health support for restaurant industry folks, whether it be bartenders, managers, cooks um, across the board. Uh, Mind the Bar is predominantly focused on their app, which is available for free in, in any smartphone called LifeWorks, which is actually from Morna Chappelle, which is a large American company. Uh, and LifeWorks gives you 24 hours a day live access to doctors um, in, in many fields, um, all focusing on mental health. Um, also gives you support in things like financial despair, um, substance misuse. At any hour of the day, you can get on there, you can you can go through self-assessments and then they'll link you up with somebody live at that time. Um, or if they give you a quick consult, then they can put you in a room with a doctor 
one-on-one -on -one for free within 48 hours. You know, there's a lot of incredible resources through that. Uh, so I'm not really answering your question with that. I'm kind of plugging mine the bar, but, but what I want to say about that is like, there are supports out there for cooks and we're such stubborn folks by, by definition that I think one of the challenges is getting people to realize they need to step out of their comfort zone and, and talk to people, ask for help. Um, I think getting the, the stigma, the stigma of just being tough and pushing through it away is, is the first step without people thinking that it's okay to ask for help then they then they won't and we just need to be be upfront and say it's okay to not be okay what is your favorite dish to make personally <laughs> favorite dish to make personally um like i i think that even like the sunshine coast i just like to cook crab um dungeness crab uh, you know, going down to, to, you know, throw a trap in the ocean. Um, maybe if I have the opportunity to, and the patience to, uh, to go free diving for crab, uh, and then just having a big pot of water on a dock or on a, on a big fire on the beach and boiling crab and just eating that with just straight up fresh made bread and butter. That's it. That would be my favorite for sure. Yeah. What is it that you've always loved about being a chef? What is it that I've always loved? Oh, that's another big, broad question. Let's see. What what have I always loved? Um, the intensity, maybe. Um, I would say that uh, as a human being, I have a lot of energy, and that's that's a tough um, vibration to fit into many scenarios in life. But in the kitchens, it's always been very very fast, very heated. Um, you know, your, your brain needs to be moving a million miles a second to keep up with everything. And, and, and I think that I've always found harmony in that. So, so the answer to that is probably the, the intensity of the industry. Um, and just, just how at home I feel. What excites you when you read a new cookbook? Yeah. Uh, depends on the cookbook. Depends on what it is. There's uh, well, let's see, let's use an example. Two cookbooks recently that have excited me. Um, Francis Malman's Fire I just got, which is a, a chef from Patagonia. It's quite well known. Recently had a, um, a focus on him on Netflix that, that, that's brought a lot of attention to him. Um, that particular cookbook has six pages on how to make different types of fires to cook your meat on. So that really excites me uh, because that relates to the way that I cook food here on the Sunshine Coast and the way that he's cooking it in Patagonia which is down, you know, in the, the tip of, of the world in the middle of nowhere. Um, another book that I got recently that really excites me is, is Angus Ann's book um, for, for Mainong, um, which has some really, really phenomenal base flavors that, um, that I don't find anywhere else. So it's really interesting to read cookbooks where you see people combining things um, that you wouldn't have ever thought of. Um, or, or they just that, are, that aren't in your wheelhouse, you know, after so many years, you fall into so many patterns that you're good at. Um, so it's exciting to be reading things that are just completely out there for you. How do you think um, people will be able to get younger, younger folk who are interested in food mm -hmm. into cooking and then into the restaurant, into the chef's industry? Oh, 
Uh, that's a great question. Um, I just was speaking with Chef Julian this morning from uh, Pika about young cooks. He's a patisserie chef at, at Pika, and we we're discussing, you know, getting these young folks out into the industry. Um, I think that engaging engaging cooks is is really uh, maybe it circles back to what you were saying about how we're going to keep cooks in it. Is you know, there needs to be like a long game. There needs to be money involved in it and support involved in it. There will always be the bravado. There will always be that. Um, uh, you, you know, uh, a Bourdain type aura around cooking. That's cool. We have that checked off. Now what we need is it needs to be sustainable. Um, I think we need to pitch to young folks that they can take a job in this and be able to support themselves because the past 10 years, that hasn't been there. You know, like paying your dues, working fine dining restaurants or going and staging in foreign countries just leaves you broke and tired. <laughs> Sure, you've got a lot of knowledge, but there's there's no long game on that. And I think that if we were to provide a little bit more longevity in the industry for young folks, then maybe we can sustain ourselves. Last question. What ingredients are you most looking forward to using in your cooking over the late summer months? Mm. I have been enjoying sockeye salmon in its season. I mean, some of those fisheries are only open for very short periods of time. Uh, and everything that comes off the farms, that's a broad answer, but um, there's a farm on the Sunshine Coast that's in its first major season of production uh, called Grounded Acres uh, that's in Roberts Creek that I just had the pleasure of, of you know, touring their fields the other day. Um, and to see the things that with this heat wave, you know, which is, which is causing problems on many, many layers, um, but some of, the, some of the bounty that comes from that on, on the flip side, like to see out until August, late August. So it's really exciting to see the, the produce that comes out of that. Um, UBC Farm as well. I was out picking blueberries a couple of days ago. And uh, it's it's just exciting to see like what the what the land that we're on can produce. You know, this uh, this shift back towards farming um, is 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 really positive. Now that we're giving a little bit more credit to, you know, the stewards of the land that we've been on, you know, like UBC Farm is on, is on unceded and ancestral Musqueam territory. Um, on the Sunshine Coast, we're on uh, Coast Salish and Slaywatooth Tooth land. Um, and to now see people giving more respect to the way that things were done prior to, you know, colonial life, looking at how we should farm things, um, respecting the land better. Uh, it really makes me happy. And this is the time of year where that really starts to come through. The people who have been planning the best, the people who have been respecting those processes the best are going to have the best produce coming off of their land. It's great talking to you, Johnny. You've got a lot going on, a lot on your plate as always. And I, I know you'll get a lot more done as uh, the days and the months and the years continue. Uh, UBC is about to get going with students coming on campus in September. And I know you're going to be uh, quite, quite busy uh, with that. I've got a couple upcoming events happening uh, in the food and drink challenges for August. We've got the uh, 7th Annual Vancouver Food Through Sunday Challenge happening on August 5th to 29th. And then we've got the uh, Vancouver Food Through Margarita Challenge happening August 6th to 29th. So more details on that once the challenges launch. And then uh, we've got uh, my interview with Chef Perinia Lobson 
who also I've known I've known for quite some time now, not as long as I've known Johnny, but um, I've known her for quite a while. She has won several of my uh, Vancouver Food Store chat food and drink challenges over the years uh, with her various restaurants. And uh, first, second, third place is quite common over at Banchok Chai, and it really hails to the creativity of of Karenia. Uh, she's driven. She's passionate. Uh, she works um, mentoring her staff. She's got great ideas, and it's all about ideas and creativity when it comes to challenges. And then, how do you excel to be like number one when you're creating a dish? And she's mastered it. So you have to really listen to hear what she has to see, how she has to say. And then also, you know, check out the challenges that she's um, created items for, and you'll see um, what has happened. You know, I always sometimes put on different judges on the uh, challenges just to make it a bit harder for some of the restaurants because if they're you know if you're winning that's one thing but uh you know if you have different judges who have different ideas it makes it that much harder but you know what they've uh they venchok d has won and Bat food by fanta is falling in their, in their place right now and they're winning a lot of challenges as well so it's about creativity and you gotta have a listen to her you know she's a chef out in the fraser valley and it's fraser valley scene is quite different than vancouver and uh, we've had some great chats over the years, and she's done some amazing work, and there's a lot to come. She's got a cooking school. She's got uh, Banjong Thai in Langley and Maple Ridge, and she's got Food by Fanta, which is a recently new restaurant just opened downtown Langley, and it's a beautiful, beautiful place that you have to check out. So have a listen to my interview with Chef Perenia. You last spoke at my Food Talks event in 2018. You've come a long way since with opening your new Food by Fanta restaurant. Can you tell me what drives you to succeed and grow your business? To, uh, to my Food by Fanta restaurant? Yeah, like, so what? Uh, you know what? what drives you yeah. to succeed? Uh, the idea originally from you, actually, because I've entered your um, challenge so many times, and then I kind of like um, what I create, and seem like a lot of uh, guests also like it too, right? So I just started with that idea. I want to uh, have that its own menu and add something else in there. Uh, with that uh, in mind that my food is quite uh, open, like idea and stuff, uh, creation. I don't stick on one or the other. I kind of combine with the Thai twist that, that uh, how I, um, you know, experience in my culture and stuff to mix in the food. And also I want to be a place where um, people come in and enjoy the variety. And then inviting in warm and something different, like my theme, like a jungle. <laughs> so something different. <laughs> so that's, I think is uh, soothing to people and, and seem like everybody enjoy. So I think that's, that's quite impressed for or see people happy to come here. Yeah. Um, can you tell me what is your favorite cuisine to eat personally? Personally, my the cuisine, wow, tough one. Um, I like, um, oh, Thai for sure, but, but I think it's French. French, I like, yeah, French and, um, I have been uh, in 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 the one in Gastown. Um, what's it called? It's a German German food. Oh, Bauhaus, but it's no longer there. Yeah, it's already you know, closed. Oh, it, it closed during COVID. One. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I like, and and I like so so many cuisine that they kind of uh, 
put all the new together. Kind of, yeah, very open, but but French for sure after Thai. Yeah. <laughs> Have you always had an interest in cooking? Uh, no. Uh, I think uh, when I start cooking at a very young age, I don't think it's weird because I'm interested in that. It's just a job uh, to help family. And until uh, I had my restaurant, I think since, since like, you know, I know that, oh, actually I enjoyed it. So after probably many, many years of age, not like young. So it's, it's gradually built on me. And, and now I, I don't know how I can uh, not, not do cooking. So I, I like it, I love it. It's just my, 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 my life now. What challenges you as a chef in the Fraser Valley? Um, the challenge in, in this area is sometimes you, um, because, because first is my restaurant is quite small. And then the volume of the, when you find the ingredients and the fresh ingredient and stuff, and it's so limited that I couldn't get so much volume when I, when I go buy the ingredients. So what I do is I, I buy all over the place uh, for local, uh, uh, you know, farm and, and everywhere. So I don't really, it's, it's challenging for me because I have to go travel every shop, every store to find something, only even one thing. And it's not just one place and then I can get everything. And, um, and outside uh, of Vancouver is, is hard that you can get enough help in the kitchen. I think that's, uh, that's another thing. And um, that's, I think that's, a, that's about the, the kind of challenge. Yeah, the most is the person and, and the ingredients, how to get firefighter stuff, yeah. What's your favorite dish to make personally? So not in the restaurant, but what is your favorite dish to make perhaps for your family or for yourself anywhere? Like, you mean to make or to have? To make. To make. To make. Oh, my favorite dish. <laughs> it's hard to think about which one I want to make. Um, I'm really enjoying learning to bake now. Like, I, I, I like to do... Um, uh, a little bit some pastry now. It's very challenge uh, to get a precise uh, measurement for me because I'm just free, poor, everything when I'm cooking, right? It's so hard for me. So I, I think that thing is, is uh, you know, something with cooking with pastry include in, in your, your cooking. I think it's going to be, yeah, challenging me and I would enjoy, I would enjoy doing but I don't have a specific dish, but yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough, fair enough. Um, over, the, over the years, you've participated in several of my food and drink challenges. Can you tell me how you go about creating a winning dish? Um, it's something, uh, it's come up in, you know, not plan or anything. Mostly I, when I go, when I uh, get my idea is from, I go shopping, like, you know, variety of shop I went to to get my, all my ingredients and I pop up the idea and I see something in the season and then I say, oh, okay, maybe I can do something else. Or it can be a restaurant that I uh, went to mm -hmm. and see something and then, oh, maybe I can do something else or maybe something different, just like a sangria flight. Mm -hmm. That I never, and every time I go, I see some wine flight, beer flight and 
um, more supply and stuff. I said, wow, why not do thing? We actually got idea like do the flight. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's something like the idea is can be anywhere where you go. You just gonna see something, then you can uh, brought you know bring up the idea and stuff. Yeah, mostly do that. Okay, what excites you when you read a menu at restaurants that you dine in? So if you're out dining with your husband or you're out dining by yourself and you're reading a menu in a restaurant, what excites you about that menu? Um, I would what uh, excite me. I would look. Uh, the something that I first I never tried before mm -hmm. and I always have question in my head and like the menu that I like wow I heard about it I want to try this or how they uh, present it or how they you know the, the end product how it looked like or because different restaurant different right and then just just something that interested me most is like the thing that I want to do and I never uh, have time to do it or don't know how yet. It's just kind of a want to taste it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite dish and pairing on your current menu at Food by Fanta? Uh, food pairing? Yeah. What right is now for me? And, I like yeah. my, and my drink, right? Yeah. Uh, I very enjoy my um, nacho taro. Taro Nacho, mm -hmm. the one that on on your shallot as well, and pair with um, uh, pretty lady is um, gin. What's it called? That gin, the the purple one, uh, purple color. Oh God, I cannot think. The gin, gin, gin. Um, yeah, it's kind of with uh, lychee. The ice we make the ice lychee. It's very go together very nice i like i like that yeah my favorite <laughs> what is, okay let me just i know empress gin yeah well you know oh yeah. empress gin empress gin okay yeah. empress gin okay. is in a uh, pretty lady yeah okay you have your own cooking school bcd culinary academy what types of classes are you currently or about to offer over the next few months the next few months honestly i still have the same courses that I offer a few years ago. I didn't have time to offer a new a new one yet, but what I have in mind in the future, I would love to offer for uh, young, young, you know, young kids. I would love to see them cooking, start very young. Uh, that's what I want to do in the future. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is it that you've always loved about being a chef? Um, being a chef is what I like. I think it's always something new, something to learn and it never ends. And one day you read about something and like, oh my God, I don't know how to do it yet. It's so much every day when I look through all the uh, Instagram or um, even the restaurant website and stuff or the produce, uh, so much more to learn and, and never end. It's just like exciting me, everything, every techniques and, and to learn. I, I like it. Okay. What excites you when you read a new cookbook? <laughs> new cookbook. Um, you know what? You, you just think like when you read some menu uh, uh, in, in there, you just like, okay, I have to do it. And then you never have time to do it. And you just keep it there, but, but you're just happy to have it in case you have time <laughs> to do. And it's a lot of things 
my cookbook I bought is a lot of new 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 method and new idea that other chef uh, share with us and very very excited me to know and to learn uh, each chef have their own uh, you know tricks and some something that they use and and more like uh, personal like uh, in the sauce in the ingredient and stuff they share they share in the book and stuff that's that's very good at your Banchok D Thai restaurant in Langley and I guess in Maple Ridge um, what has been the most popular uh, dish that people have been ordering consistently over the years since you opened the restaurant? Uh, the most popular dishes uh, at Manchukri is spring roll, uh, Thai spring roll and Pad Thai. These two, this is uh, the most popular, like most sell. So that's the most sell. So what yeah. dish do you want people to try when they come to Banchok Thai? Perhaps may not be the most popular dish, but what is it that you really want people to try when they come to your restaurant? Um, you know what? Street food. Street food on, on the section in the menu. Uh, khao soy. Khao soy is very popular in, in Thailand and Chiang Mai. Uh, it's quite, what you call it, curry, curry noodle kind of dish but it's really good and then another street food is uh pad thai wunsen it's just a bean grass noodle it's really light for i always order that because i i, I feel it's lighter than rice noodle for sure and try the salmon yeah chushi salmon and homok salmon it's different but but uh yeah it, it tastes good okay last question what ingredients are you most looking forward to using in your cooking over the late summer months? Uh, what, what do you mean? Like, what, what ingredients? I'm looking for? Yeah, the, what ingredients, let's say perhaps from the farms in your area or anything else, like in you know, seasonal ingredients, are you looking forward to cook to use in your cooking in the next few months? Oh, yes. Uh, I, actually, last night, I've been, I've been growing my, my edible flower, right? And then I don't know, I'm just kind of straight out in the winter how i'm gonna have it for for my menu so actually i had a cooking class last night and then my uh, my client uh they have farm they have farm so we're talking about seed uh one person have seed one person grow so they're gonna work together for me and they're gonna do that they're so excited that uh, we know that uh that's gonna happen soon and then i have uh one local greenhouse here uh new green Something, yeah, Nutri Green, I think. Uh, they're gonna hook, uh, they're gonna come and install my live wall, mm -hmm. which is our uh, letters, uh, the letters for cooking on the wall, the hallway. If you can see, if you come, I'm gonna have three panels uh, hook up this Monday. And then the microgreens uh, person that we're using every week um, gonna supply us uh, with the fresh lettuce every day on the live wall. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna use with Pancho B too. Okay, that's yeah. great. It's exciting. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's show. Tune into the next episode next week to hear more interviews with chef and cookbook authors as well as other features. Please tell your friends about this podcast and have them subscribe to the Van Foodster Podcast and Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, and Amazon Music to hear my weekly show covering the food scene in and outside of Vancouver.